0: You say a lot about what Christians can do to solve their problems. Can you help an unbeliever, or can you only counsel believers? That's a very important question. I think the question deserves some consideration. And the first thing I want to say about this is that any counsel that is given to unbelievers that does not present the gospel of Jesus Christ Any counseling that is antithetical to evangelism is not Christian. When Jesus Christ presented help to people throughout the Gospels, we see that he did two things. With one hand, he gave help, help often for the body, help to people in their problems. But on the other hand, he gave that greater help of the Gospel. Always, Jesus Christ was reaching out to men In his encounters with them with both hands. In one hand, he tried to meet the immediate problem. In the other hand, he handed the individual the greatest eternal solution possible, the eternal life, salvation. Let's just take the Gospel of John, for example, to see something about how Jesus did this and therefore something about how as we deal with people, we try to counsel unbelievers and how we try to win them to Jesus Christ. And may I say that in our counseling, people have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior right over at the counseling center. We have perhaps, uh, oh, uh, somewhere near 25% or less of the people that we deal with who are unbelievers, make no profession of faith at all. And so evangelism is a very essential part of what we do in our counseling center. In the Gospel of John, you notice that Jesus approaches everybody that he talks to in a a slightly different manner, or perhaps even a, a quite different manner. That the constant in every encounter of Christ with another, the one thing that never changes is that in every instance he faces them with a decision about himself. He makes them come face to face with him and to decide whether they're going to trust and follow him as their Messiah, their Savior, or whether they will not. But the way in which he initially approaches them, and particularly as he approaches them in their needs and problems, is quite different in each instance. For example, in John 3, in that well-known passage where Jesus and Nicodemus discuss the gospel, uh, Nicodemus comes as a representative from the Pharisees, Uh, it's interesting to notice that uh, the conversation uh, moves back and forth between uh, you as Jesus speaks to Nicodemus in the singular and you in the plural. Sometimes Jesus speaks to Nicodemus as a representative of the Pharisees when he speaks in the plural, and sometimes he speaks to him personally when he speaks to him in that uh, singular way in John 3. But the interesting thing is that uh, Jesus, in answer to Nicodemus's question, where Nicodemus says, uh, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no man is able to do these miracles that you are doing unless God is with him. Jesus picks up on those words, is able to, and he bypasses the whole theological discussion that the Pharisees sent Nicodemus to bring up. And he says, Nicodemus, no man is able to Enter the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, if there was ever a direct approach in counseling a person, that is it. That was a sock square in the teeth. There were teeth all over that room. Uh, Nicodemus sat there shocked, utterly reeling back at this blow. Now, that was uh, a brother-are-you-saved approach if you ever heard one in dealing with a man. Now, in the very next chapter, notice the quite different approach of Jesus with the woman at the well. Here, Jesus talks about water and buckets and ropes and hills and wells and mountains and uh, temples and uh, husbands and all sorts of things. Gradually leading her, first as she sees him as a teacher, then to call him a prophet, and finally, to recognize that he was the Messiah himself. Gradually, slowly he leads her into faith in himself. Take an entirely different kind of situation in John 9, where Jesus deals with the man who had been blind from birth. Here was a man sitting there who had no hope of ever seeing, blind from birth. Jesus comes along, he spits on the ground, he makes clay of the spittle, he smears it on the man's eyes. For the first time that man begins to get some hope this clay and spittle was not in order to heal the man it was in order to give him hope the man began to think uh, if only I could wash away my blindness the way I can wash away this clay that's drying and hanging heavily here on my eyelids Jesus then says to him go wash in the pool of Siloam and you'll come back seeing sure enough he does it and he comes back seeing now his parents approach him they say who is this what happened He says, this one thing I know. He says, a man named Jesus came along, made clay, put it on my eyes, told me to go to the Pool of Siloam, and I came back seeing. The Pharisees come along, they say, you're in cahoots with this man, Jesus. He says, no, no, no. He says, this one thing I know. He says, a man named Jesus came along, made clay, put it on my eyes, sent me to the Pool of Siloam, I came back seeing. They even throw him out of the synagogue, excommunicate him. But he still protests, this one thing I know why why does he keep saying this one thing I know because that's all he knew that's why Jesus had told him nothing more Jesus had not evangelized him Jesus had not spoken to him about any other matter he had simply told him to go and wash and come back seeing on a second encounter Jesus looks up this man and then talks to him about the blindness of heart now the same things are true in counseling A certain amount of flexibility in counseling as well as in all other evangelism is necessary in order to get a hearing for the gospel. We have to meet people where they are and we have to talk with them and we have to somewhat solve the problems that they come with at least to some extent before we can begin to talk to them fully about the gospel of Christ. But very soon, very quickly, we must do so just as Jesus himself did. He healed the ten lepers out of one hand. Then he told the one who came back, to whom he said, where are the nine, about that greater healing of leprosy, of the soul, of sin. And so in counseling, you have to use various approaches. You have to meet people where they are. You can't uh, uh, talk to a man until you can get him stopped from the problem that he has. Perhaps you have to help him solve a little bit of a difficulty until he's willing to listen to you. But very soon in the picture, You present the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. Every counseling context is a context in which the gospel must be presented and it is a context in which the unbeliever must hear that what you have done for him uh, initially is only band-aid work but what you intend to do for him in presenting the gospel is of course the radical surgery which he basically needs. And so easy it is often it is uh, that you can tell a man uh, who has been healed of some problem, uh, like Jesus healed the man of his blindness, whose marriage has been healed, whose relationship to another has been healed, or at least initially uh, some uh, aspect of it has been, uh, been uh, solved, how that the one who can solve that problem can solve the greater problem of sin in healing the relationship between him and his God. O Lord, help us to evangelize. Help us never to keep the gospel out of our talk as we speak to others and help any today who do not know that Christ died on the cross in the place of guilty sinners to come to faith in him as the one who died for them, we pray. For Jesus' sake, amen.